Hello and welcome to The Grove Zone. You have tuned into the podcast of the Union Grove Missionary Baptist Church of Warner Robins, Georgia. At Union Grove, we are learning, serving, giving, and connecting under the leadership of our senior pastor, Dr. David Anthony Clark, Sr. For more information on Union Grove, find us on the web at www. .thegrovewr.org. And now, here's a word from the Lord. I want you to turn to Ephesians chapter 4. Ephesians chapter 4, starting at verse 11. Today is a Jersey Sunday. I see so many teams represented. I see so many teams represented. Some winning teams and some other teams. We see teams represented amen Ephesians chapter 4 verse 11 we'll read verse 16 together in unison verse 11 now these are the gifts Christ gave to the church the apostles the prophets the evangelists and the pastors and teachers this will continue until we all come to such unity in our faith in knowledge of God's Son, that we will be mature in the Lord, measuring up to the full and complete standard of Christ. Yeah. Then we will be. I'm sorry, instead we will speak the truth in love, growing in every way more and more like Christ, who is the head of his body, the church. He makes the whole body fit together perfectly as each part does its own special work. It helps so that the whole body is healthy and growing and full of love. Amen. I want to try and talk today from the thought, three keys to keeping Union Grove's legacy alive. Three keys to keeping Union Grove's legacy alive. Three keys to keeping Union Grove's legacy alive. Paul's concern with the Ephesians appears to be that of unity, being united in embracing and living out the same doctrine, the doctrines of the faith, that everyone would be on the same page as it relates to doctrine, what we believe, how we live that out. I was hoping, or I'm hoping, that we can get some advice today from Paul and the Ephesians. I think they'd have a lot to say to all of us as we celebrate these 135 years. Paul and the Ephesians uh, may have an awful lot to say to encourage us, to strengthen us, to challenge us. I want us to, I want us to feast on 
what Paul wrote to the Ephesians. For Paul's legacy is itself a rich legacy. Paul's legacy of, of having been delivered from uh, a life of sin, delivered from a life of self-righteousness. Paul's legacy in terms of, of who he became in that he did not become who he became by himself. Paul had, he had some help. He had help. Ananias is one who helped Paul. Uh, Barnabas is one who helped Paul. There were some saints who rejected Paul, but then there were some other saints who received Paul. Some saints pushed Paul away while some saints pulled Paul in close. That's that's really how church works. You, you, you have to be uh, someone who is e either being delivered or uh, perhaps you've recently been delivered. And you connect with other people who can help you grow in your deliverance. People who can help you become. All of us should be in the process of becoming coming that's Paul's legacy that uh, he got delivered on the Damascus Road but the guy you found on the Damascus Road wasn't he didn't stay that way he didn't settle for who he was he he became that's a legacy of Union Grove and pastor pastor Hicks helped us to understand that on last Sunday when he mentions so many persons and told so many stories of people who have come to this church family, this church body, uh, broken and uh, in bondage to uh, addiction and so many other things, but they connected with some people. They connected with certain people who, who helped them become, helped them become preachers, and helped them become pastors, helped them become deacons, helped them become bishops. That's, that's our legacy. How do we continue that legacy? What would Paul and the Ephesians have to say to all of us who, who want to be a part of that, who want, who want to be that, want to, want to become, we really want to be a part of something where, where lives are changing to the glory of God. Amen. And if we think about it, we must keep our legacy alive. We must. We, uh, the, the legacy God has granted Union Grove, which so many who have been delivered through this ministry, so many who have uh, become who they become as a result of this ministry. And uh, I added one thing as I shared with our ministers yesterday, how this church has birthed so many preachers. Throughout the history of this congregation, there's always been lots and lots of preachers. Uh, how do we keep this legacy alive? Why must we keep? The legacy of life. Well, when you see so many churches dying, when you see so many churches dying, all of us need to do all that we can to help churches get birthed as well as help churches, help churches flourish and help churches remain vibrant and fruitful. Are y'all with me?
And besides, uh, I know you see it just as I see it. The devil ain't slowing down at all. The devil's not slowing down at all. The devil, the devil is, is constantly gaining ground. The devil is uh, seemingly becoming more and more aggressive, attacking our children. Teachers are, are leaving the education field. They just, they just can't handle it. There are so many people giving up on our children. Yeah. The devil ain't backing down. The devil is not, he's not slowing down. If the devil isn't slowing down, the church cannot afford to slow down. If the devil ain't dying, the church cannot afford to die. Amen. We must keep this legacy of deliverance and development and healing and, and birthing servants alive. If, if the devil has servants he's using, yeah, if the devil is adamant about, about binding people and keeping people in bondage, God needs some folk in the earth who can help set folks free. We got to keep it. We got to keep it alive. We must keep this legacy alive throughout the years. God has used used us to solve problems. God has used us to, again, help deliver and heal and, and do other things to advance the kingdom, the kingdom of God in the earth. So I want to share three things I believe Paul points out in this text today that can help all of us keep this legacy alive. Three keys. Three keys to keep this legacy alive. Let's hit these three keys right quick and we're going to raise up. Here's key number one. Key number one, dance with the right doctrine. Dance with the right doctrine. If we're going to keep the legacy of Union Grove alive, we've got to dance with the right doctrine. Look at verse 15. Verse 15. Instead, we will speak the truth in love, growing in every way more and more like Christ, who is the head of his body, the church. Doctrine. Let the church say doctrine. What, what is doctrine and how do you get doctrine from that verse? Well, doctrine is teaching. It's teaching. It's, it's teaching. And Paul, Paul says, we will speak the truth in love. We will, we will speak doctrine in love. We will, we will speak the teachings of Christ, the truth of his teachings. We will teach that in love. Back up to verse 14. You may see it a little, a little clearer in verse 14. Ephesians 4 and 14. Doctrine is teaching that we henceforth be no more children, immature, acting as infants or babies, tossed to and fro, carried about with every wind of doctrine. Teachings coming in that's, that's tossing people to and fro. Teachings coming in that's, that's lies from the enemy. Teachings that's coming in. To the, to the house of God, amongst the people of God, that's causing the people of God to be, to be led astray. Paul is, is trying to encourage the, the Ephesians to not get thrown around by every wind of doctrine. Every wind of doctrine. The Ephesians, the Ephesians, like so many other churches to whom Paul wrote, were hearing all sorts of teachings, all sorts of doctrine. So it was tossing them, it was tossing them to and fro, as stated in verse 14. Tossing them to and fro like a ship. The imagery that he's using there is, is that that of a ship that's in uh, heavy seas, that's, that has heavy waves, and just tossing the ship to and fro, back and forth. It, it, it speaks of how, of how what these people were hearing was, was mentally agitating them. 
They didn't know who or what to believe. So, so, so spiritually, they were going around and around in circles. Hearing one thing one day and something else another day. Hearing one thing concerning Christ one day and hearing something else another day. Going round and round in circles. So Paul was concerned with false teachings the Ephesians were hearing and how it all competed with the truth they were getting. So he wrote them this letter to help them dance with the right doctrine. Don't let doctrine throw you off. Don't let that word doctrine throw you off or confusion. Doctrine simply means teaching teaching and if the ephesian saints were going to grow they needed the truth of god's word they needed good sound doctrine the ephesians didn't need entertainment they needed to be edified built up through hearing and understanding the truth of god's word christian author the late warren wearsby wrote the church is a body it must have spiritual food the food this food is the word of god doctrine Doctrine. We need the truth. We need, we need y'all good sound teaching that comes from the rightly divided word of God. And let me remind you of Paul's admonition to his spiritual son, Timothy, uh, where he talked about, he says in Timothy, 1 Timothy 4 and 1. Now the Holy Spirit tells us clearly that in the last times, some will turn away from the true faith. They will follow deceptive spirits and teachings that come from demons. The King James Version articulates that phrase, teachings of devils, doctrines of devils. Are y'all hearing me today? So then, we, we, need, we need doctrine. We need the teachings of the Word of God. And let me encourage you to understand this. You cannot take one verse of Scripture and make a whole doctrine out of it. Doctrine is the aggregate of what the scriptures say about a given subject. We need to dance with the right doctrine. What all the Bible says of various issues that impact how we live our lives and, and whether or not we're going to follow Christ, whether or not we're going to serve the Lord and, and how, how we live our lives. We, we, we need to dance with the right doctrine. Doctrine, for example, doc, the doctrine of God. Yes, there are various teachings afloat, various doctrines regarding God. There are some that teach that God can be a woman, that God can be a mother just as God can be a father. Then you may hear some people talking about the universe, how the universe will provide this for you. You do this and the universe will respond as if, as if the universe itself is, is God. I, I don't know about the universe being God, but I know God who created the universe. Even in the body of Christ, you can have some who will argue or whether or not God is a trinity or whether God is, is all in Christ. Listen, God is God. But that's one of the doctrines. That's one of the doctrines that we can that we can understand. How about this? How about the doctrine of slavery? What kind of doctrine? And some have embraced a wrong doctrine of slavery. What kind of doctrine does one embrace to believe it is OK with God to own other human beings and their families? And their children and you can split them up by selling family members to other slave members and discipline them and even kill them and get away with it. What kind of doctrine is that? What kind of doctrine would promote race and racism and Jim and Jane Crow? What kind of doctrine does one embrace to believe it is okay with God to invite black folks to your worship service but mandate that they sit in the balcony of the church? What kind of doctrine is it that invites black folk to your Bible study at your church, but mandate that they sit in the hallway? Doctrine. Teachings from the Bible that people can gather to, to come up with, with, with where God is on certain issues. Certain issues like life and death. 
life and death is there reincarnation there are some that believe that there's reincarnation we were watching a documentary last night where some people believe that they, they that they've lived before that they've had x number of lives before i don't know nothing about no x number of lives before but i know that you can live beyond the grave i know that you can have eternal life through jesus christ our lord i don't know about living before but i know i can live again now, I ain't going to argue with you whether or not we can, we've lived before, but I'll declare we can live again beyond death. Doctrine, doctrine, doctrine. We got to dance with the right doctrine. Doctrine regarding sexuality. How, how, where do we go in the scriptures to find where it's, it's uh, sexuality even as it pertains to ordained clergy? What does the word of God say regarding openly gay clergy being ordained into the ministry? Doctrine. Doctrine regarding gender. How, how, can, how can a 9, 10, 13 year old choose their gender? What does the Bible have to say about that? What about compassion? There's plenty of scriptures on compassion. We got to dance with the right doctrine concerning compassion. How to show compassion to those suffering, whether it is from war in the Ukraine or natural disasters in Puerto Rico. Doctrine. Doctrine concerning marriage. Doctrine concerning abortion. Doctrine. Here's a good one. Doctrine concerning salvation. Doctrine concerning salvation. I, I need to dance with the right doctrine concerning salvation. I don't need to be tossed to and fro with the doctrine concerning salvation. But some of us, some people in, uh, in, in any given fellowship can, can dance with the wrong doctrine uh, and, and be tossed to and fro as it relates to the doctrine of salvation. Asking questions such as, am I going to hell if I keep getting high? Am I going to hell if I keep stripping to support my family? Am I going to hell if I keep shacking? Am I going to hell if I stay in a same-sex relationship? If, am I going to hell if I'm gay, homosexual, bisexual, asexual, transsexual? Some pastors and teachers are now teaching, in fact, that there is no hell. Yeah, some pastors are, are teaching that there, that there is no hell. Now, 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 now I'm not going to argue with you over whether or not there is a literal hell. Some men and women of God that we have respected over the years have, have believed that there is no such thing as a literal hell. I don't know if there is a literal hell for those who reject Jesus as Savior and Lord. All I know is I ain't never been and I sure as heck don't plan on going. Can I get a witness here? I don't plan on finding out. I can tell you the truth about it. You can avoid it. You can avoid hell. You can avoid eternal separation from God. You can avoid eternal torment. And if I were you, I would avoid it. I repent of my sins today and accept Jesus, the son of the living God, Savior, as Savior and Lord, and avoid eternal separation from God. Now, that's the truth. The truth is you can be saved today. That comes from God's word. That comes from, that's doctrine from God's word. God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son that whosoever believes in him shall not what? Perish but have what? Everlasting life. You're saved by grace. It's a gift. It's a gift. I'm not going to hell because I've received the gift of everlasting life. I'm, I'm not 
not going to hell because I've been given the gift of salvation. Listen, whether or not you can be saved, if you keep getting high, have you received the gift of salvation? Have you received the gift of everlasting life? Have you received the gift of having your sins washed away? What can wash away my sins? Nothing but the blood of Jesus. Church membership can't wash your sins away. Singing in the choir can't wash your sins away. Being a preacher does not wash your sins away. Joining a church does not wash your sins away. Nothing but the blood of Jesus. I'm not worried about going to hell because I'm dancing with the right doctrine. I know God is real and loving and merciful and gracious because I'm dancing with the, do the right doctrine. I know he's awesome. I know he'll provide. I know he'll protect. I know he'll heal. I know he will deliver. I know he will save. I know he will sanctify. I know he will keep me. I know he will open doors no man can shut. I know he can make a way out of no way because I got the right doctrine. I got the right doctrine. So I just want to encourage, encourage everybody, get some teaching. We'll keep this legacy going. If you commit to getting some teaching, you got to dance with the right doctrine. There's power in the truth of God's word. Come on, get God's word. You got to get the word. And I don't mean just get it on Sunday. Don't just get it on Sunday. How, listen, I think, I think all of us, unless you're fasting, all of us are going to eat something after we get out of church today. And if you if you like most black folk who go to church, the meal you eat today is going to be is going to be different from what you eat Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday. I left Monday because we might be eating leftovers tomorrow. Yeah, but you know you might eat a little a little different on Sunday. You might cook some stuff for Sunday that you ain't going to cook for no Wednesday or Thursday. Yeah, cornbread dressing and. Collard greens, ham hocks, macaroni cheese, and yeah, turkey or some Cornish hens or something. Y'all understand what I'm talking about. Yeah, if you're going out to dinner on Sunday, you won't go out to dinner where you would go on a Wednesday, Thursday, Fridays. You ain't going to no McDonald's on no Sunday. Yeah, not, 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 not no fast food, not on Sunday. Now, you, you might go to Longhorn or uh, uh, Outbike or, or, or uh, Olive Garden on, on Sunday. Yeah, so it's a little different. But whatever, whatsoever you're going to eat today, it ain't going to hold you for the rest of the week. No matter what you eat today, it ain't going to hold you for the rest of the week. So why eat spiritually one day as if it's going to hold you for the rest of the week? Why, why eat spiritually one meal as if it's going to hold you for the rest of your life? Why eat spiritually one meal as if it's going to hold you and prepare you for your next storm? No, you got to eat every day. Every day. Every day. I'm sure you're going to eat again tomorrow. I'm sure you're going to eat again Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday, Friday. The word, you need to eat the word tomorrow. You need to eat the word Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday. This word you're getting today needs to be supplemented with more teaching daily. Our legacy continues as we feast on God's word. So that's the first thing I want to tell you. The first, the first key, the first key is that we dance with the right doctrine. Dance with the right doctrine. Here's key number two. Key number two is be delivered and developed. Be delivered and developed. I said be delivered and developed. I'm still in verse 15. 
Verse 15, Paul told the apostles, instead, we will speak the truth in love. Here it is, y'all. Growing in every way, more and more like Christ, who is the head of his body, the church. We will, we will grow. We will grow in every way, more and more. You got to be de delivered and developed. Delivered and developed. Development comes from Paul's phrase where he says, growing in every way, more and more like Christ. Y'all see that? Growing in every way, more and more like Christ. Development means, development, well, let me back up. Delivered means, delivered means that God has delivered me from sin. I have experienced conversion. I've been changed. I've been delivered from the life I was living before I came to Christ. I was delivered from the power that had a grip on me before I came to Christ. I've been delivered. I didn't just join church. I've been delivered. I've been, he snatched me out of sin. That's, that's, the, that's the ideal for every born-again believer that we're, that we're snatched out of sin, snatched out of darkness, snatched, snatched out of the devil's grip. But then you got to be developed after you get delivered. Development means this word growing in every way. That word growing means growing to the fullest extent. It means growing in increase, experiencing increase. Not only, listen, experiencing, collect, experiencing increase collectively in our church as well as individually in our character. I'm growing, I'm growing, I'm growing. We're, we are to be developed and or be delivered and developed. We do not come to Christ simply or merely to cope with the challenges of life. Now, there are some people who come to Christ because they need, they need a coping mechanism. They, they're going through some stuff where they feel like they need to get, they need to get their life right with God. Yeah, get, get your life right with God, but don't use Jesus as a coping mechanism. Don't come to church because you want to use Christ as a coping mechanism. No, we come to Christ to become his disciples. We come to Christ to learn of him. We are to be his followers, learning to live as he lived. Learning to lead as he led. Learning to love as he, led, as he loved. Are y'all with me today? Jesus taught us to make disciples. Each disciple of Jesus is to learn from other disciples of Jesus. He told us to make disciples. He says, teach them what I taught you. Teach them what I taught you. What, what we learn from Christ, we are to share with others who are following Christ. So the saints, Paul made mention in Ephesians 4, 11, uh, of the saints uh, being, uh, receiving gifts of apostles, prophets, evangelists, pastors, teachers, to edify the saints, to edify, to repair the saints, to, to repair the saints. All of us sitting under teaching of apostles and evangelists, uh, prophets, uh, pastors and teachers have to understand that, that we need some help getting fixed. We need some help getting our lives right. We, we need some help getting our minds right. We need some help getting our hearts right. All of us need some edification. That word edify means to repair. It means, it means to fix. It means, it means to get it together. Are y'all with me today? So Paul in the Ephesians will tell Union Grove, your legacy will continue as long as the saints are growing as they help one another to be delivered and developed. Delivered. And developed development happens watch this development happens as delivered folks disciple delivered folks development happens as delivered folks disciple delivered folks this has been the legacy of Union Grove delivered folks discipling 
delivered folks. And one thing Pastor Hicks pointed out last week was a modern day cloud of witnesses at Union Grove who came to this church and connected with some people who helped them break free from sin, addiction, and all sorts of the devil's foolishness. This church has a legacy of real people, real people, helping other people experience real deliverance and development. That's what you can expect to happen when you connect, when you connect with real people. Y'all hear what I said? I said, that's what you can expect to happen when you connect with real people, especially real people. Watch this. Who have gone through what you're going through. Deliverance and development. When I joined the United States Marine Corps, Deacon Jerome Stevens, in Marine Corps recruit training, uh, it only does so much to help someone become a United States Marine. After you graduate recruit training and go to school, you end up being assigned to a unit where other Marines help you mature as a Marine. I, I'm assuming the other branches do it too. I don't. But I know in the Marines, when you get to your unit, other Marines who have gone through what you've gone, who's been in E1 and E2 and E3 or O1, O2, O3, they help you to, to mature in your rank and mature in your responsibilities. That's how it works. So that's how, that's how the church works. That's how the kingdom works. you got to connect with the right people. Connect with the right individuals. So I want to encourage everyone, connect with members of our church family who can help you develop in your deliverance. Connect with members of our church family who will help you grow in every way more and more like Christ. Again, y'all, we are expected to grow. It, we are expected to grow. Let me take it a step further. I hope this encourages someone. It is ordained of God that you grow. You're not supposed to be perfect. I'm going to say that again. You're not supposed to be perfect. All of us in Christ who feel like, man, there's something wrong with me. There's something wrong with my mind. There's something wrong with my heart. I can't, I can't overcome this thing. I can't overcome that thing. Listen, uh, there's something wrong with all of us. Now, some of us want to act like ain't nothing wrong with us. But from me to the youngest child in the nursery, there's something wrong with all of us. It is ordained of God that you grow. You're not supposed to be perfect. All of us have some stuff wrong with us that we need to outgrow. You must understand that you have been delivered in order to become. You have been delivered in order to become. You can grow and become someone you've never been before. You can grow and live a life you've never lived before. You can grow and be empowered by a purpose you've never had before. You can be delivered and developed into loving the Lord that you've never loved before. How does this happen? He told us in verse 15. It's right there. In verse 15, it's so simple. I probably don't even need to tell you. But let me tell you just in case. We help one another experience de de development after our deliverance. Watch this in verse 15. Instead, we will speak the truth in love. Speak the truth in love. We speak the truth in love so we can live our lives according to the standard of God's word. We love one another into new levels of maturity and victory. We share the word with people who want to see us win. Y'all hear what I said? I said we share the word of God with people who want to see us win. We share the word with people who, are, who, who we want to see walk in their deliverance. We all need people in our lives who love us enough to hold us accountable to the word of God. If you're going to put the word on me, do it out of love for me. Do it because you
because you want to see me win. Do it because you want to see me succeed. Do it because you want to see me prosper. Do it because you want to see me walk in victory. Put the word on me out of love for me. Not out, not out of anger. Not out of hatred. Not out of malice. But do it because you want me to look like I've been delivered. Do it because you want me to talk like I've been delivered. Do it because you want me to lead as if I want to be as if I've been delivered. Love me and correct me. Love me and rebuke me. Love me so I can win. Our legacy, our legacy is that we have loved folk out of their addiction. We have loved folk out of a life of sin. We have loved folk out of insecurity. We've loved folk out of dependency. We have loved folk out of bondage and into the freedom found and only found in Jesus Christ. And we all need that kind of love. I said we all need that kind of love. All of you who are disconnected, let me, let me bust your bubble. All of us need that kind of love. All of you who were told about yourself and got mad, listen. All of us need that kind of love. I said we all need that kind of love. So don't run from it. Don't church hop trying to avoid it. Don't not serve because you don't want to put it, you don't want to receive it. Don't get mad at it. Don't label people as judgmental when they share how your behavior doesn't line up with the Bible. It's love, boo. It's love, boo. Somebody holler, it's love, boo. You may not like it, but it's love, boo. You got to get it. All of us got to get it. It's love that helped you and I develop after our deliverance. It's love, boo. If it ain't right, it ain't right. Doesn't matter who ain't, who's done it. If it ain't right, it ain't right. At the same time, if it is right, you need to be exhorted. If it is right, you, you should be honored. If it is right, you should be celebrated. You should be commended. Yeah, I see you growing. You, ooh, back in the day, you'd have handled that a whole different way. Oh, I see you growing. Oh, I know you. I know I've been with you for a long time. I see you growing. So let me ask you. Are you growing? Are you growing? If you are not, can you blame it on your pastor? If you are not, I'm not sure if you can blame it on your church. If you're not growing, it may be because you're not connected to the right people. When you read this text, the pastor can only do so much. God does his part. God does his part by placing people in the body of Christ. But you got to do your part. Are you with me today? Your connection can determine your development. It may be time to connect with people who can help you keep growing. That's part of our legacy at Union Grove. There are people here with whom you can connect and keep growing. And let me say this. Let me, let, let, let me say this. Sometimes you, you connect with people who get on your ever-loving last nerve. Who will help you grow more than the folk who are going to co-sign everything you say, everything you do, every one of your reactions. I'm preaching anyhow. And some of you have run away from great growth opportunities by trying to avoid folk who get on your ever-loving, Jesus-loving Bible-thumping mind. Sometimes it's... It's the ones who get on your nerves, who teach you how to be patient. It's the ones who get on your nerves, who teach you how, how to wait on God. Sometimes it's the ones who lie on you to teach you how to love your enemy. Sometimes it's the ones who you, you know they despise you, but they, they teach you how to look beyond their faults and meet their needs. So keep growing. 
That's, that's what Paul and the Ephesians would encourage us to do today. Keep growing. Somebody holler, keep growing. Keep growing and keep winning. Keep growing and keep moving forward. Keep growing and keep walking in victory. Keep growing and keep overcoming. Just as you're ordained to grow, you are ordained to win. Somebody needs to get that in their spirit. Just as I am ordained to grow, I am ordained to win. I'm supposed to win. You are supposed to win. You're supposed to win over sin. You're supposed to win over addiction. You're supposed to win over insecurity. You're supposed to win over worry. You're supposed to win over doubt. You're supposed to win over your pain. You're supposed to win over any trauma. You are supposed to win. Somebody holler, I'm supposed to win. You are more than a conqueror. You're supposed to win. Can I get a witness here? All things work together for good. You're supposed to win. Greater is he who is in you, if you got the Holy Ghost, than he who is out in the world. You're supposed to win. You're supposed to win. You're supposed to win. Final key. I can tell I don't already kept you too long. Here's key number three. Key number three. Key number one is dance with the right doctrine. You got to be fed the word of God if you expect to keep winning. We got to be fed the word of God if we expect to keep the, our legacy alive. Number two, number two, be delivered and developed. God wants, to, God wants to bless you to keep growing. And finally, key number three is to deploy and do your part. Deploy and do your part. Key number three, and I'm done. Key number three is deploy and do your part. Deploy and do your part. I think I know why some of y'all are kind of quiet today. You, you partied so hard after Michigan won yesterday that you, you're too tired to. I know I ain't mad at you. Hail to the victors. Deploy and do your part. Look at verse 16. Verse 16. Verse 16. He makes the whole body fit together perfectly. That's what God does. That's what God does. That's what God does. Now, earlier he gave us gifts, pastors, evangelists, teachers. That's what God does. We do our part as pastors. We do our part. But watch this. As each part does its own special work, it helps the other parts grow. A big part of your growth is tied into who's sitting around you, not who's standing up talking to you. That's why it's important for us to learn, serve, give, and connect. As each part does its own special work, it helps the other parts grow. So the whole body is healthy and growing and full of love. So the whole body is healthy and growing and full of love. Deploy and do your part. Do you know one, one definition of deployment is, is, is the act of moving something or someone into a strategic position or a position of readiness? On, or the condition of being in such a position. Deploy and do your part. For one definition of deployment is the act of moving something or someone into a strategic position or a position of readiness or the condition of being in such a position. God's part is that he makes the whole body fit. The whole body. And this speaks of the whole body of Christ. All of us. Baptist, Methodist, Pentecostal, 
independent church of God in Christ. All, all he, somehow he, he can make it all fit. Even with our doctrinal differences, God can somehow make it all fit. But at the same time, in each respective body, each respective church family, each respective congregation, God can make all of us fit. Even the misfits. Some folks are misfits. Not because of their gift or calling, but because of their behavior. Misfits. But somehow God can cause all of it to fit. That's his part. His part. Our part, Paul lays it out. Our part is we must do our own special work. Everyone has special work to do. Everyone. And everyone working, hear me, hear me. Everyone working, everyone serving your work is special it's special it's 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 honor it's, it's worthy of honor it's 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 worthy of respect it's special it's special our part we must do our own special works and you have special work to do so deploy deploy your work is special whether you are part of healthcare. your work is special you put together the newsletter your work is special you teach sunday school your work is special you help with security your work is special everyone's work is special whether you're on stage invisible or behind the scenes your work is special it's special it's special so growth happens as everyone does their own special work but not only that listen to this listen to this Growth happens when we receive everyone's special work. We receive everyone's special work. Not only must you do the special work, we must receive special work from whomever, whoever God has chosen to use to be a blessing to us. And some of us, we, we reject special work. We, we, we reject it. Yeah, we'll, we'll accept it if the right person comes to us with it. But let, let, let God put that package in somebody else who's got on our nerves, who's, who's rubbed us the wrong way, who, who owes us a couple of dollars, who, who, who says stuff about us and we don't think they know they said it and, and, and talking about us behind our back. Let, let, let God put that blessing in them and we'll reject it in a heartbeat. And some of y'all quit serving. Some of you reject serving because of who God has sent into your space. Amen. Don't worry, I ain't going to stay here too long. I ain't going to stay here too long. But we got to learn how to be better, better discerners of when God is sending a blessing our way. Some of us are stunting our growth. Stunting our growth because we're too selective. We're, too, we're overly selective. Now you, and none of us should, should, should serve in any old kind of spirit. All of us should serve in a spirit where we understand what we do is special. What we do is special. But you got to receive the special works of others so you can develop as you deploy. Receive the special works of others. But if, if can't nobody serve you, if no one can serve you because can't nobody find you, If can't nobody serve you because you don't answer your phone when they call. You don't respond to texts when they text. You don't, you don't send an email back when they email. If can't nobody serve you because they can't find you. you changing your number and we ask you. Give us an update on your number, but you won't give us an update on your number. Change your address. Give us a change. Give, let your deacon know. You ain't letting your deacon know nothing. Can't find them. Are they still in the area? Have they moved? Can't nobody serve you if they can't find you? Amen. Don't worry. I ain't going to stay here too long. But, but deploy, you deploying, you serving, 
helps you in your growth. You serving folk who reject you. You serving folk who can't stand you. You serving folk who would really rather you not serve them can help you grow. And let me tell you how. Because despite the ones who reject you, when you realize if there's nothing I can do for you, I'll serve the ones that I can help. I'll serve the ones I can help. And some of us, we get discouraged because we can't, we can't serve a crowd. Can't serve a crowd. Don't worry about the crowd. Serve that one that God keeps putting in your grill. That one that God keeps putting in your grill. The one that, won't, the one that won't stay out your inbox. The one that won't stay out the one blowing your phone up. Serve them. Serve them. Y'all hear what I'm saying? Don't trip. I ain't going to stay here too long. I'm almost done. Serve them. Let, let, listen, you got to deploy. You got to deploy. I, I want you to see yourself. I want you to see yourself as a device in God's hands. Be deployed as if you're a device in the hands of the divine. Can, can God use you as much as you use your phone? Can God, can God use you? Like you use your phone. Can God use you to where he can't get his eyes off you? Can God use you to where he can't keep you out of his hand? Can God use you like you use that phone? Don't trip. I ain't going to stay here too long. I got to move on. I'm going to close it out. I, I, I want to encourage all of us to render yourself a device in the hands of the divine. Be deployed. Be that available. Be that relevant. Amen. Be, be that relevant. Uh, how many of y'all walked in here with a payphone on your hip? Anybody? How about the cordless phone in, in, that you have at the house? How about that cordless phone that's sitting on top of the chiffero? I said it again. I, just, I said that a couple of weeks ago. I, that, that cordless phone that's sitting on top of the chiffero. You'd... Mm -mm. So if, if, we, if we've gotten rid of outdated stuff, why are we trying to do ministry outdated? I'm almost done, I promise. Why are you trying to do ministry out? Why are you trying to give God some, like, like you got a payphone anointing? Why are, you trying to, why are you trying to let God use you as if like when Andy Griffin and them, they had to ring the thing up and get Sarah. Sarah, pass me to the general store. Stop giving God outdated ministry. Yeah, the kids, these cheering today, the these cheering. Yeah, it's different. We got to get some different tools. We got to get some different weapons. We got to use love in a different way. Deploy. Can God use you? Will you, will you, will you, will, will you allow, will you allow, will you allow the, 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 the purpose in your life to be more powerful than your excuses? That's the question. You won't serve because somebody hurt you. You won't serve because somebody wounded you. You won't serve because folk get on your nerves. But you work with folk who get on your nerves. You live with folk who get on your nerves. Your mama get on your nerves. You can't get her, you can't get her off the phone. You... <laughs> People get on my nerves. I'm going to change my membership. They're going to get on your nerves too. 
And some of us, you know, you know, yeah, I'm, I'm done. Help me out. Because I promise you, Jonathan, I ain't going to stay here too long. Do your part. Let me tell you one good reason why, one very important reason why you got to do your part and be deployed. Be deployed as a device in the hands of the divine. Because Satan is doing his part. God is doing his part. The men and women of God, leadership doing their part. You and I must do our part because the devil is doing his part. Every day when you and I watch the WMAZ news, we hear about the devil doing his part. How many teenage black boys going to get killed today? Tomorrow. The devil is doing his part. Y'all hear what I'm saying? The devil is doing his part. And as long as the devil is doing his part, my question to you simply, are you going to do your part? It's special. As you deploy, you grow. You grow by seeing other people blessed by your ministry. You see other people being encouraged by your ministry. You're seeing other people's mind being renewed and their spirits being lifted simply because you're doing your special part. You've got to do your part. The devil is doing his part. As long as the devil is doing his part, you got to do your part. And if you do your part, God is going to do his part in your part while you do your part. Yeah. God is going to do his part in your part while you do your part. If you ain't trying to serve out of talent, God is going to do his part in your part while you do your part. If you're not trying to serve out of ego because you just got to be seen, God is going to do his part in your part while you do your part. What am I saying? I'm saying God will work through you. God will anoint you afresh. God will move through you so that whatever seeds you plant, whatever water you're putting on the seed, God is going to bless it to, to bring about increase. God will do his part in your part. While you do your part. So why you wonder if you're going to be effective? Why you worried about who's going to reject you? Why you worried about who might laugh at you? Rejoice and believe that according to the scripture, you need to have a doctrine that says, if I go and do my part, God is going to do his part in my part while I do my part. I want God to use me. I want God to move through me. Yeah. I want God to use you. That's what's helped people grow. That's what's part of our legacy. It's just people that God used as they made themselves available doing their special part to help other people walk in their deliverance that's what God has done through you so many of you but there's so many more that God wants to get in the palm of his hand you need to be deployed and do your special part if we do all of that the legacy will continue the legacy will continue We'll continue to see lives change. We'll continue to see healing happen. We'll continue to see deliverance happen. We'll continue to see people become. We'll watch, we'll watch you become. We'll, we'll watch you become something that blows your mind. We'll, we'll watch you become something where all of us will be like, yeah, we, we kept trying to tell them. We kept praying for them. We, we saw it all along. We'll see something awesome. We'll see something wonderful. We'll see something that's unstoppable, unmovable, always abounding in the work of the Lord. We'll see something that's tearing down the kingdom of the devil and advancing the kingdom of our God. And this world needs it. Needs it. Let's stand. This has been Dr. David Anthony Clark of the Union Grove Missionary Baptist Church of Warner Robins, Georgia. We thank you for listening. If you're ever in the Middle Georgia area, please worship with us. On the behalf of Dr. Clark and the Union Grove family, thank you for listening.